being able to go to a resource like this, find what they're looking for, get the answer that they need. They never had to reach out to you. They didn't have to reach out to your staff. You didn't get a 911 call, you know, after hours. Oh my gosh, I got a problem. It's all in there as much as you can. Welcome to the Clinical Entrepreneur, a business podcast that's dedicated to healthcare practitioners just like you who are hustling every day to build a business and a life you're proud of. Join me, Rhonda Nelson, as I share my own experiences and extract actionable advice from industry experts about what it takes to build and scale a profitable wellness practice. Well, hey, friends, welcome back to the podcast. Today's topic is about how to create patient resources for your patients. Yeah. And first, before I dive into the how, I want to give you a little story. I was thinking about this episode and I wanted to talk about this because it's something that I see not happening, I should say, in so many practitioners that I work with. And so I thought it deserved a further conversation. But before I do, let me give you some context. So many years ago, I had an injury. It was a shoulder injury and it was minor, but I needed to go to physical therapy. And I remember going, you know, a couple times a week and every single visit after I would be done, the physical therapist and I, she would walk me into her office and she had this big, huge, extra deep filing cabinet, like not one of those shallower ones, but it was really deep. And she would pull out the drawer. Well, actually there were two drawers, a top drawer and a second drawer. It was four drawers. And she would pull it out. And those drawers were jam packed with file folders. And in those file folders were all different kinds of resources. And she would just walk over there, just we're chatting it up. And she'd walk over there, open the file drawer. She'd move her little magic fingers down and she'd pick out exactly what she knew that I needed. And it would have to do with something that either we were working on or an exercise or something that she wanted me to do in preparation for the next appointment. And at the time, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, where did these all come from? Some of them were like, photos of like an old newspaper article or a PubMed study. And she'd like copied and pasted it and put it on a Word doc. Now this is many, many, many years ago, way before there was any digital. Like this was when paper was a thing, right? Everything was paper. But I remember being so impressed with this collection of things that she had, these resources and handouts that she had, and they were all in black and white. And every single time I went in, as I said, she always had something new for me. And I felt, I remember thinking, wow, like this is great because what she's doing is she's helping me get better, faster results. She's giving me the information that I need that's going to help me for the next time that I come in. And I just remember being incredibly impressed about this. But as I mentioned, these were all paper. So when I opened my practice, I had the same thing. I didn't have nearly as many as she did, but I had several smaller file drawers that were full of different types of resources. And I remember having like lots and different recipes. Everybody loved the recipes. And we even had them in like a little three by five, or I guess it was a five by seven or a four by eight card that we had laminated. We had a laminating machine in the office. I know I'm dating myself. And we would print these out and then laminate them and then cut them and then punch a hole in them. And we would put them on a ring. People loved them. Put them in our new patient packet. Everybody loved them. They talked about those recipes all the time. We always gave them like a little sample of some kind of an essential oil. We just put it in a tiny little bottle. 
Yes, it cost me a little bit of money, but the patients loved it. So that was back then, right? When everything was paper, we didn't have all the digital stuff. So when I found that the paper kind of wasn't working, people like didn't really want the folder. We were kind of moving more towards digital. I didn't do anything with my handouts. I was like, ah, people don't want them anymore. So I guess I won't give them. But I had to stop and ask myself, well, why was I using the handouts in the first place? Well, because they were answering a question. It was something that I was repeating myself about, or it was information that I wanted them to have because it's going to help them get faster results or better results or save them time or save them money or whatever. And I realized that back then, when we went from paper to digital, the only way that we could take a paper resource and make it look pretty was to hire like a graphic designer. And I remember having this conversation with several people that I knew were graphic designers. It was going to cost me $200 to recreate one document, you know, on their fancy, you know, Illustrator or whatever software they were using. I thought, no, I'm not doing that. So I just kind of let it go. And I stopped giving those resources. But the questions that the patients had never went away, right? Those questions were still there. Just because I didn't have the tech and they didn't want the paper didn't mean that they didn't have the questions. So what I found was I started getting the same questions over and over again from patients. Like they might say like, you know, they might be asking questions about diet. Like I always got the question about, are sweet potatoes okay? Is rice okay? Is brown rice okay? I still get those questions. You know, well, what about beef? Can I eat beef? Should I do plant-based protein? Like those are the questions that now I'm still getting some of those. And all of those questions still needed an answer. But who's the one that has to give the answer? Me and you. So when your patients ask these questions, my question to you is, how many times are you repeating yourself? How many times do you sit in an appointment and you repeat the same thing over and over with patient after patient after patient after patient? Or you're sitting in the appointment or you're there on Zoom if you're virtual or brick and mortar, but you're talking to the patient and they are only remembering about 10% of what you told them anyway. So kind of you're wasting your breath because they're not going to remember all the details. And what do we like to do? Oh, we like to give the details, baby. That's what we're designed to do. So if you have patients that are asking questions about diet or they're asking questions about supplements or dosing or what's the difference between the supplements that you use and what I can find online, like that's a legit question. What about whether coffee's okay? I get that one quite a bit. And then what about if you have some kind of a lab test, whether it's a blood test or a stool test or a saliva test, they almost always will ask questions about, you know, well, what do I need to do ahead of time? And, you know, that kind of thing. Even if they don't have the questions, there's a little bit of apprehension like, oh, I hope I do it right. Are the directions clear? That kind of thing. So they might be asking information about like personal care products, which ones you recommend, which ones you don't. What about house cleaning products? You know, well, how do you make your own laundry soap? How do you make your own dish soap? What's all that? How can I make my home a better place? And they're asking you. Maybe it's about a certain type of diet or intermittent fasting, like how you do that. You're sitting in a new patient appointment, yammering on about it, and they're only remembering a small amount, and then they're going to come back to you with questions. Maybe they're asking questions about a cleanse or some kind of stretching or movement or meditation or breath work. I mean, the list could just go on and on and on. 
But these patients, they'll you'll start to notice if you think about it, they're asking the same kinds of questions. So how can we leverage your time or your staff's time if they're answering the questions and provide answers to these questions in the form of resources that are going to help them? And these resources, then when you have, like you think about going to your, in this case, digital or video filing cabinet, and you say, oh, you know, Mary, here, I'd like you to watch this video. It'll explain the whole thing. Now you've just upped your game with Mary. She's super impressed about your filing cabinet drawer, although now it's digital. And you've just helped her solve a problem, get from point A to point B faster. You saved her money. You've helped her make her family healthier. You've helped her with her diet, whatever it is. So now if you're wondering how is the best way to do that, I am glad you asked because that's what we're going to talk about. So here's one way that you can get back your time, create a resource library for your patients. Now, keyword there is that it's for your patients. It's not for the public. Okay. This is private for your practice only patients. Now, if you were a patient at somebody's office and they had a resource that was easily accessible where you could go find answers to your most common questions, would you be good with that? Most people are going to be good with that. We know that patients, first of all, they don't listen and they don't take in and absorb and retain most of what we tell them. We have to usually say it two, three, four times before it sinks in. You've had this experience. I know you have because I have too. But when we can provide it in a way that they can go back and watch it again, they can read it again, however you're going to deliver it, I'm going to talk about that. It makes their experience with you and your practice so much better. In fact, it's one that is likely memorable and remarkable because who do you know that's doing this? Probably not very many people. Where do patients go to get their answers? So if you give someone a saliva test from Diagnostics, let's say, and you give the saliva test, but they are feeling anxious about like, oh my gosh, well, what do I do? And how do I do it? And the doctor never told me how to do it. What's the first thing they're going to do? They're going to go online. How to collect saliva for a saliva test. Now, is that information going to be always 100% reliable and good? No, because you're going to get some crazy person that says you have to stand on your head and spit a nickel first and then spit into the, you're going to get craziness out there. So you as the leader, as the provider, as the practitioner, you get to set the tone and the standard and say, this is how you do it. All of a sudden, the patient's like, oh, good, thank you. Thank you so much. It reduces their anxiety. It answers their question. And you look like the superhero. So now let's talk about how we're going to do this. There's three pretty common sense ways. Number one, you can just type it up on a piece of paper and give it to them. You can print it out and hand it to them, or you can just save it as a Word doc or Google save it as a PDF and email it to him. You could do that. Kind of old school, probably not my favorite. Number two, you can use Canva. You all know about Canva and you can take that same content. You could find a template in Canva. So easy to do and go put that in Canva and make it look pretty. Okay, now at least it's visually interesting rather than just being a wall of words on a white piece of paper. Now at least there's some color. You can brand it, 
put your brand colors on there, put your logo on there, your contact information. So there's some, you know, marketing value to having some kind of a document like this. So you can do that in Canva. And I wouldn't say I would be opposed to that. Although the good side is, is that it's pretty, it's visually appealing. People are more likely to read it and to interact with it when it's visually appealing as compared to what we used to have, which was just a white piece of paper and a bunch of words on it and not formatted very well. This is prettier. But the disadvantage is, is that you do have to you export it out of Canva as a PDF, which means you're either going to print it and give it to them. They're still dealing with paper or you're going to link it or send it via email. So it's still work for you right? It still work for you or work for your staff. Now, if you use something like Practice Better, then maybe that resource is inside Practice Better. You've created and you can just dump it in and give it to them in their portal. And that's okay too. But again, you don't have the creative ability inside Practice Better or some of these other softwares that you might have with Canva. Option number three, which by the way is my fave, is to create a video. Now here's why. So first, if you say, oh, I don't want to do video, uh, just stop for a second. Hear me out. You are already talking to patients and clearly they're listening because you've got people on your schedule. It's not like you can't communicate. So all you have to do is prop your phone up in a windowsill at your house or in your office somewhere. Prop your phone up so you've got good light on your face no direct sunlight, so you're not squinting, but you've got good light on your face and then you're gonna hit the little record button on your camera, on your phone, do the video, and you're just gonna hit the record button and start talking. And you're gonna look right at the camera, right where you know the camera is, and you're just gonna talk like you're talking to a person that's living inside that little dot. That's all you're gonna do. And you're gonna answer the question. So let's say it's about intermittent fasting. You're going to say, all right, here's how you do intermittent fasting. Here's the premise, blah, blah, blah. Here is the how, blah, blah, blah. Here are the pitfalls, blah, blah, blah. And then here's some resources. I've got an extra resource for you. Click this resource and there you go. And then they have the option of having it in paper or they can just do video. But here's the stats I want you to know. Watching a video takes far less brain power. This has been proven than reading a document. Now, making the document visually appealing is good. People are more likely to interact with it. But here's the statistic, 88% of people will skim over text, including emails. And I can tell you like on my side, on a customer support side, like when I'm doing a webinar or a seminar, I cannot believe the number of questions that we get as support. Like people will email in, are there CEUs for this? And it's written all over the registration page. There are no CEUs or there are CEUs or whatever. It's there 10 times, but we still get so many questions about it. And it's not anybody's, like, I'm not faulting anyone, but it's a proof that as humans today, we skim everything. We never read things word for word. We just don't not on a landing page or registration page, you'll say, oh yeah, register, and you're not even paying attention to the date. We skim everything. 88% of people skim, and they only read at most 25 to 27% of the words. Well, no wonder our support blows up with people that are asking questions. So you have to realize that written things that are in writing are gonna be more 
likely to be skimmed over, meaning you've just put a whole bunch of time into typing or writing something out. Nobody's probably going to read it anyway. But when there's video, people are far more likely to watch the entire video, provided that you're interesting. I mean, if you are talking in your video like, well, I want to talk to you today about intermittent fasting. This is why intermittent, if you're doing that, nobody's going to listen. But if you're just talking like you would talk to a patient, which is what I'm recommending, then they will watch the video. They will interact with it and they retain it in part because they watch the whole thing. But part two is that you're engaging different senses. They have hearing and they have sight. So there you go. Video, I'm telling you, it is king. So now, what does that have to do with the resource library? Well, I'm glad you asked because your resource library is going to be full of videos. If you do what I'm recommending, you just create these videos to answer the questions that your patients are asking. So maybe you could even do a Canva resource and put that as a link in the video. You can do a combination if you want to, or a link like in the caption or something like that. So now the tech though is where everybody gets tripped up. Cause I've had this conversation with like my practitioners that I coach with and I tell you, everybody's like, what about the tech and what do I do? And I don't know how to upload a video. Okay, whoa, slow down. Here we go. Ready? It's so easy. The easiest way to do it is to create a private YouTube channel. So easy. And if you don't know how to do that, guess where you're going to find out? You go to YouTube and you type in how to start a private YouTube channel. And you will find a whole bunch of DIY videos, but they will walk you through the whole process. So you set up a private YouTube channel. Now, this YouTube channel is only accessible to your patients. Nobody else. It's like the hidden vault of your information. It's got all the things in there that you want or need them to know in order for them to get better results, to move from point A to point B faster, to answer questions that they may have a little bit of anxiety about, but you're just going to create this library of videos, okay? It's just for your patient. Now, what happens on the patient side, this is good for you because it allows you to leverage your time. You don't have to repeat yourself. You can either send them the link or when they start up as a new patient, you just give them access to your private YouTube channel. They have the link and they can go watch the videos, choose them anytime they want. And I'm not going to get into the details of YouTube. You can go figure that out, but it's not hard. So what is the experience though on the patient side? Now the patient is paying you to do the job. They're paying you money to get a transformation in their health. There's, there's an exchange that's happening, right? You help them and then they pay you back in the form of cash, which is good. However, how else does this make them feel? What are you doing to enhance the value or their overall experience with your practice? It's going up. And this didn't cost you anything. A little bit of time to create the video and a little bit of time to set up a private YouTube channel. But for them, you just upped the ante. You just made what you do even more valuable for them. Because when you can add this kind of value to what they're already doing with you, it just increases your credibility, the trust factor, and it makes a memorable experience. They're far more likely to tell people about it. Oh my gosh, you can't believe this library that has like question and the answers about all kinds of things in here. 
So that adds so much value. And from the patient side, they're feeling even more taken care of, more supported and safer in the process. Because you and I, we're comfortable. We're like, oh yeah, the liver detox, three week cleanse, no problem. You'll get through it just fine. The patient's like, oh, detox. I know someone that did that and they were glued to the toilet for three weeks. I can't do that. I can't miss work. But they were too embarrassed to say anything about it. But what if you have a video that just walks them through the whole process? Here's what's going to happen. This is where we're going to start. This is why we do it. Here's the steps. Here's the supplements. Here's what you're going to feel. If you have these things, call me. Like you just make it so easy for them. And they just take a big breath and go, oh, okay, I'm, I'm good. So how much is that worth to them? Now, I'm not necessarily in money, but it sure is emotionally or psychologically worth something for them. It gives them so much peace of mind and comfort. So things that you could do videos about, I mean, in addition to the other things we talked about, you may want to even do like recipes. I tell you, back in the day, I told you when we did those recipes, everybody loved them. And it's still recipes are one of the number one most shared content online, anywhere. And recipes, there's no copyright. So you can find a recipe that you like, like a paleo side or a keto side or whatever your flavor is. And you can just retype that, put that in a Canva doc. And then just out of respect, I'll always put the backlink in the document to where I got the recipe from, just because I think that's the right thing to do. But you can just type that thing up and put the bunch of recipes, have a recipe vault. And they can go in and find recipes. And maybe you have recipes for paleo. Maybe you have recipes for keto. You don't have to do all of it right away. But decide what kind of food resources do you want to give them? Because that's how you want them to heal anyway, right? Diet is big. You may want to make a video about water, different types of water bottles. I get that question a lot. You might want to do meal plans even. You could do like a weekly or here's a meal plan during, here are three summertime meal plans, winter, spring, do them seasonally if you want part of your practice might be meditation. You may really encourage your patients to do meditation or breath work. So you could do 60 days of meditation and breath work and just do your own meditation practice and record it and put it in the vault. That's so easy. You might want to do like cooking lessons. Maybe you love to cook. I know a practitioner that she is really good at creating these most unique recipes And she just puts her camera in her kitchen, attaches it. There's kind of like a selfie stick, but it attaches to the side of your kitchen counter. And then your camera goes in the top of it looking down. And then she just turns her record button on and then records how she's making the dish. You've seen them on Instagram. So you could do that. You could do videos about how to create your own skincare or body care or laundry soap or whatever. Home remedies for children, how to make herbal salves at home if that's your jam and you live in an area where there's wild foresting that you can do, or maybe it's mushrooms, how to go forest for mushrooms, whatever your flavor is. Like maybe it's planting a garden. Maybe everybody knows that you have a beautiful fruit garden or a vegetable garden and you just want to record how do you do that? How do you create a raised bed? What can you provide that will give value to your patients, but not just for the sake of value? But I first want you to think about what are the questions that they're asking. Those are the videos that you want to start with. And whatever you do, just make sure that your content aligns with your values. Meaning, if your ideal patient is moms with young children, then, you know, talking about hot flashes, because you have a few patients that have hot flashes, I probably wouldn't do that. 
You want your resource library to be full of things that are going to really resonate with your ideal patient. If it's kids, then you're going to want to show moms how to you know, do kid things, you know, how to help and heal their kids, what to do when they have a fever. Just sometimes when patients are in that place and they're not sure what to do and they're feeling overwhelmed and they don't know where to go or where to point, being able to go to a resource like this, find what they're looking for, get the answer that they need. They never had to reach out to you. They didn't have to reach out to your staff. You didn't get a 911 call, you know, after hours. Oh my gosh, I got a problem. It's all in there as much as you can. So you want to know what your patients are looking for. So that's how you do it. A second way that you can do it, besides a YouTube channel, which I really recommend because it's free and easy, is you can do something like Searchy. Searchy is a great platform to be able to host kind of content that patients have to log into. So they have their own like little playlist, so to speak. Searchy is the technology that we use in Clinical Academy and in Clinical Business Academy so that all the content is searchable by word, even the videos, and it's transcribed. So it's great. It's not that expensive. So if you wanted to do something a little bit more than just a YouTube channel and provide a better experience, you could do that. I'll put the link in the show notes for Searchy. It's called Searchy Hubs, by the way. In fact, that's the platform that we're building Clinical Business Academy on right now. We're putting all of the content in to open up soon. So that is another option. But to get started, at least just make the videos, right? Get them done, get them into a private YouTube channel. And then if you do decide that you want to do something a little bit more personalized, like a searchy hub, you can do that as well. So that's how you create a resource library. And again, like I think this whole month, I'm just talking and pulling little bits of content out of Clinical Business Academy to A, give you a sample and a taste for what kind of training is in there. But also these are key things that I think every practitioner needs to either know or have in the practice. For this one, it solves multiple problems. A, you don't have to keep repeating yourself. B, it doesn't require additional time for your staff or you to have to give patients answers to these questions if you have them all in a resource. C, it provides so much added value for the patient. And D, they can get the information self-serve. So they can go access it whenever they have a question and you can continue to build that library out. Maybe you start with only five videos. And then set a task for yourself. Every time someone asks you a question, you're like, oh, dang, that's a great question. I'm going to add that to the resource library. You can call it whatever you want. I just called it resource library because everybody gets what that means. So keep adding to it, adding to it, adding to it. This is something that provides incredible value. And it helps the patient see that working with you is more than just transactional, i.e. I come in for an appointment and then I pay for my appointment and my supplements. And then I come back for a follow-up and I pay for my follow-up and the supplements. This now adds another layer of value for them that's perceived to be free. It's just included in what you do, but it makes the work that you do even more valuable. So there you go. If you have been frustrated with the growth of your practice or you want help with these kinds of things, Clinical Business Academy is really where I would encourage you to go. You can join me inside, get on that wait list, rondanelson.com forward slash CBA. 
I will work with you and create a specific month protocol or strategy for you for your business. And then I'll help you execute it because I know practitioners are stuck. We're stuck because we do the practitioner thing. We don't do the business thing well, and we don't do the money thing well. We don't do numbers well in general. We just want to serve people. And then the business is like the redheaded stepchild, pardon my reference, but you get my point. We're like, oh yeah, it's fine. It'll just take care of itself. It's fine. And then at the end of the year, we have a big tax bill and we filed our taxes for like all the business things that we overlook because we're not good at it. I'm going to teach you the language of being able to do that in a way that will help you grow the business and not be handcuffed to the business. So I'd love to have you join me. RhondaNelson.com forward slash CBA. Get on the wait list. Get your name in soon because we can only take a few people at a time because I spend so much time one-on-one with you to get you up and running inside the program. And then you're going to start making more money, my friend, and growing a business that you've always wanted. So thanks for being with me for the Clinical Entrepreneur Podcast. I can't wait to come back with you next week. Talk to you soon. Have an amazing week. 